Welcome to the 1K Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Fleming, and this is a podcast all about showing you how to make money from home while you are raising kids and building your business. This is a show where we will talk about the mindset, the strategy, and the tactics on how you can begin to monetize your brilliance. One came off today on the podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to Sarah Arginal. She is the founder and CEO of the Working Parent Resource and host of the Working Parent Resource podcast. Sarah consults with burned out working parents to help them reduce stress, optimize their time, improve their relationships, and escape survival mode for good. She has a master's degree in counseling psychology with an emphasis on marriage and family therapy and adult development. And she is a certified professional coach with 20 years of experience in psychotherapy, coaching, college level instruction, program development, and project management. Sarah lives with her husband and two little boys in San Diego, California. You can find more about her over at the Working Parent Resource and everything she offers by going to the workingparentresource.com. So Sarah, hey, welcome to the 1K Mom podcast. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Gosh, you've got so many skills and so much education. I mean, how did, have you always known you wanted to do that? Yeah, well, it's all, it's changed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I finished college actually when I was 19 years old. So at that age, I didn't really, I wanted to be a lawyer when I finished college. And because I was so young, my dad actually said, hey, why don't you be a paralegal for a little while and see if you like it? So I started working at a firm in San Francisco as a paralegal, and that evolved into being a litigation support analyst over a period of about 20 years. But um, when I was 21, I decided I wanted to be a therapist. So I went back to school at night. And since then, like over the last 20 years, I've had kind of like this double track career going where I've had, I'm a certified professional coach. I have my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. I have taught in college, I've taught college psychology and communications strategies for success, kind of like those life skills sorts of trainings. And then I've done workshops and uh, like webinars, all sorts of different things on that side. But then I've also stayed in the legal field. So I have kind of that corporate management sort of stuff as well. So it's just been like, I feel sometimes like I've got two different lives, but they actually blend together pretty seamlessly sometimes. Yeah. So many hats you're wearing and changing off every so often. Yeah. So, so um, what would you consider your expertise today? Um, Well, I have a few different things that I focus on. Usually I work with burned out professionals, um, usually moms and dads. And I like to focus on people who, um, you know, they, their identity is kind of wrapped up in their career. They were always professional level. um, They work really hard, type A type people. And then they had kids and it all kind of went to hell. (laughs) So, you know, their marriage is suffering or their friendships are, you know, a lot different than they used to be, or they're kind of managing different situations with in-laws or friend or, you know, acquaintances or colleagues. So all the different relationships are are very different. Um, But then I also talk a lot about parenting and how to be mindful and to be present with your kids when you aren't with them all week, you know, when you have this demanding job, how to balance it all, kind of how to integrate all of these different pieces of your life. So I spent, those are the things I mostly specialize in. Um, But then, you know, usually the people that I'm talking to, they have very full, vibrant, um, complicated lives. So that's a big part of what we do is kind of figure out, okay, where should I focus my time? Where should I focus my energy? How can I kind of optimize all of these different areas without sacrificing one over the other? Yeah. So why, why do you think when somebody has a kid that that really rocks their world and 
Uh, I mean, obviously it does because it's a whole new person in our lives, but I'm just curious, like, why do most of us go through that, that just overwhelm that comes with raising a new kid or raising a new person in the family? I think there is a lot to it. Um, Number one is your identity shifts in a lot of different ways when you become a parent. Um, And it's usually something that you can't plan plan for or prepare for very well. You can, you know, do some reading, you can talk to friends, you can get advice, you can do all of that. But until that little baby is a part of your everyday life, it's really hard to uh, really know or to predict how it's going to change yourself. But then also everything that stems from that. Um, So, In my training as a psychotherapist, what we talk about is family systems where, you know, one part, if if one part changes, everything in the system changes and that they're all relational. It's all, you know, kind of, it blends together and it impacts each other. And so if one person is changing in the family, then everything is changing in the family. Um, So that's where I see a lot of um, issues coming up with couples too. Like their identity as a couple was very established. And especially if, you know, you have a dual income family where both people are professionals, they both have their careers, they're both kind of focused on that. And then they have a baby. It kind of just changes everything. Um, So from the logistical, like when you're sleeping and when you're eating and where people are sleeping and, you know, what you're doing with your free time. Yeah. Like, and what, what kind of child you have and what their personality is like, are they easygoing? Are they colicky? You know, do they have medical issues? So just like all of your focus is going into keeping this little human alive, but then also who are we as a couple now? Who am I as an individual? I'm a mom or a dad, but I'm also who I used to be, who was, you know, very successful and used to doing, you know, all of these great things with my life and my time beforehand. And it it all kind of just shifts a lot. Um, so yeah, just the identity part is one of the big things that I think is, um, it, I don't think it necessarily is a surprise for people, but I think figuring out how to manage it and how to manage it over time as it evolves, you know, cause our kids change so much as we go, you know, as and I love that you're not saying like, okay, now you're mom, you can't be career mom anymore. You're mom. <laughs> and I love that you're not saying that. Like it's still, we're still keeping who we were before baby, but it does have to change And there, but there is a new normal. There is a new kind of uh, equilibrium that we're trying to find. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of like the whole martyr motherhood thing. Like, because I have kids, I'm going to totally not take care of myself or fulfill my dreams or those things I want to do. We can have both. And I truly, yeah. Well, that's, that was like the basis of working parent resources. When I was a new mom, I was struggling. I will say like, I was having a really hard time figuring out where to fit it all. You know, I kind of just thought when I had my son, I have two boys now, but when I had my first son, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll just see him at night and I'll see him on the weekends and it'll be cool. Like, you know, he'll have his daycare during the day. And that's just not how it worked for me. It was really a lot more complex than that and a lot more nuanced. And I didn't know how to deal with all of the different things that were changing in my life. You know, I was still breastfeeding and I was still pumping at work and I still had my job that I loved. And I had a team that was used to relying on me all the time. And I had to start setting boundaries with them. And and I didn't even necessarily want to sometimes, but I had to for my son and for my husband and for my own peace of mind, yeah. my own health and well-being. Like there were just, there were so many different elements that became a part of my everyday life that I just didn't really expect. And I didn't know how to handle it in the beginning. And so when I was looking for resources, a lot of what I found was either for stay at home moms, which has its own set of challenges, but they're different challenges. Um, or 
I saw a lot of information for just professionals who weren't really thinking too much about their role outside of work, you know, like here's how to be really efficient in, you know, in your role, or here's how to be productive and those kinds of things. And it was really hard for me to find resources that blended the two where it's like, here's how to be efficient when you've been up since three o'clock in the morning with a newborn who's sick or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, that's what I wanted to offer people was a place where they could go number one to realize there are resources out there. There are tools, there are things that you can do to make your life a little bit easier. And it's going to be your own little puzzle that you have to put together. You know, this isn't like a blanket. Hey, here's the advice that you can take and apply to your own life. Yeah. And you mentioned boundaries. Um, What kind of boundaries? I'm just thinking of a few right now. I think relationships is the big one, but what, how would you um, encourage families like to set the right boundaries around relationships? Well, there are just so many different relationships. So you're going to take each of them as they come. You know, like for me, um, one of it it was a relationship that I set up myself. You know, when I I worked in the litigation field, when I had my first son and I had a three hour commute and I could work from home. And so I did work from home a lot of the time at night, you know, on the weekends, I was constantly connected and, and just working all the time. Um, But then I was trying to fit in being a mom and then being a wife, you know, kind of was like an afterthought. And then my own health and well-being was like, what's that? (laughs) Um, So that was kind of the the way it broke down just naturally, because that's, you know, before I had my son, I could manage it all um, and it was okay. So then once I had my son, I had to really set some limits with the people I worked with in a nice way. You know, it, it was, it had to be firm, but it also had to be clear that, I wouldn't necessarily be as available as I was before. So that to me was one of the harder sets of boundaries to set a, just because of the culture that I worked in. Um, you know, that just wasn't something that a lot of people were doing. You know, everyone kind of liked to work a lot <laughs> or they mm-hmm. needed, you know, felt the need to work a lot. Um, but then also they had come to expect from me for many years, like, Oh, you're just, you're reliable. You're somebody I can go to, you know, you're a resource that I can depend on. And I liked that part of my identity. I wanted to be kind of that rock star for them. And so it took a lot for me to not only set the boundary, but to enforce it over time, um, which was very difficult. Um, But then, you know, we also had boundaries with my parents and my husband's parents because these were the first grandkids. And it was, you know, we're kind of trying to all figure out our role there. Um, My husband and I had our own boundaries. We had to set like, hey, who's doing what chores around the house or who's taking care of what responsibilities in our family, Um, who's feeding the child, who's getting up with the kid in the middle of the night. So there were those boundaries. And then with friendships too, you know, like, Hey, we don't have as much time to go out and party the way we did before, or, you know, to go out at late at night, you know, we're all kind of in bed and exhausted by seven thirty or eight, you know, like there, there's just so many different things change. And so it became very important to clarify those boundaries, but then also to communicate them clearly and then to continue to reinforce them as people kind of tested them or just kind of forgot about them over time. Yeah. Have you ever had relationships that you've had to say goodbye to? Oh yeah, I have. <laughs> tell me, tell me more how we, cause I mean, I know there's some listening where we, we may not even be aware quite yet about how these relationships are affecting us. So maybe kind of talk to that whole becoming aware and just realizing the impact that relationships could be having on us, positive or negative. Yeah. For me, the first sign was always kind of resentment. Like if I was getting frustrated and resentful towards someone else where I felt like and it it wasn't even a conscious thing. It wasn't like I've set this boundary and you've clearly violated it. It wasn't really at that conscious level when I was 
in that, you know, in that situation or trying to deal with that. For me, it was always like, you're, you're bothering me. You're asking too much of me. And I don't know how to say no. You know, I, uh, I feel like I should be able to give this to you or to do this for you. And I'm not able to, but I, I can't really admit that to myself, much less to you. You know, it was very messy, very, it was full of conflict. And so I had, and it also kind of depended on how close the person was to me. If it was somebody who was just kind of a neighbor or somebody in the community that I didn't know all that well, it was a lot easier for me to say, Hey, now's not the great, greatest time. I can get back to you on that. Um, I'm not going to really be able to help with that. But it got a lot stickier with people who were very important to me or very close to me. Or uh, in, again, in my case, a lot of the boundaries I had to set were around work where you know, my livelihood was tied to me not making people mad, you know, and, and also I was kind of changing the rules. You know, I, I started working at a firm where, I mean, it was a global firm. So we had people in countries all around the world. So there really wasn't such a thing as nine to five, you know, that wasn't part of the, you know, understanding of what people were doing there. So it was really hard for me to say, I'm not available after about five o'clock until about nine o'clock. And even at nine o'clock, I might check in and, and, you know, just kind of respond to quick emails, but I'm not going to be doing long, big projects until one in the morning anymore, uh, which was something that they did rely on me to do it from time to time before that. Okay. So it was, it took a lot of just kind of being very calm and very, you know, centered in myself in terms of what I needed to set, you know, what boundaries I needed to set for people. But it always started with, I feel like people are pushing me too far. I feel like people are not respecting my time or my energy. I know I'm feeling depleted. And then also a lot of the things that were happening were I was fighting with my husband a lot more because I wanted him to step up and he was exhausted. You know, he Mm -hmm. was also get, you know, doing more than he was used to doing. So there was a lot of kind of bickering about like, I'm doing more than you're doing. And that was a red flag for me, you know, where, Hey, we're, we usually get along really well. We're usually a team and somehow we're starting to feel more like we're adversaries and that's not what we want. So just kind of taking a step back and really being clear about, you know, how am I interacting with these people and are they expecting too much of me or is it that I'm not standing up for myself or, you know, is it toxic or is it just that I'm not being clear about what I need? You know, like it's very confusing and it's very complex. Um, And then especially when you have a newborn and you're tired and it's all kind of a new situation, it just adds a lot of different layers there. You know, whenever I've had situations like that, I've always tried to have the hard conversations before kind of cutting the ties. Yeah. Do you think we need to do that or do you, does it, it, again, it probably depends very much on how close this relationship is to you, but do we always need to have those hard conversations before just saying, you know what, no, we're done. I mean, there are a few different ways you can handle it. For me, um, what I always ask myself is like, is this a relationship I would like to have continue? Like, is there a good stuff there? And it's just kind of being obscured by some, you know, current issues that are going on. And if it, it, to me, if it's a relationship that's important enough to, you know, that I want to continue it, I have to get very clear and say, okay, here, you know, what are my limits? What am I willing to tolerate? Or what am I willing to deal with? And what am I not? And and kind of like, what is that line for me? And then I'm usually like, kind of my rule of thumb is I'll have one very clear conversation with people and say, hey, in an ideal world, this is what this would look like. You know, this is how it's been going. And this is what I'm not okay with. And so we need to stop that behavior. And instead, this is what I'd rather have happen. And if you're able to do that, then I would love for this relationship to continue. And if not, then I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna not be able to spend as much time on this or, or you know, whatever kind of nice phrasing I want to give it. Um, so usually, 
the people that are in my life at this point in my life are pretty important people to me. You know, they're people that I love um, either in my family or people who have been long-term friends or people who are very, you know, close and supportive colleagues, those kinds of things. So I, you know, at this stage, I'm not as, it's not as easy for me to say, you know, this is an old college friend. I don't care anymore. We don't see each other that much anymore or whatever. You know, like I would put the energy into kind of setting those boundaries with them and being clear and for me, as long as I know I've clearly communicating, communicated my boundaries, their response is very interesting to me. You know, it's like, okay, are you going to respect that? And are you on board with that? Does that open up a conversation and kind of strengthen our relationship? Or does it go the other way where there's defensiveness and people take it personally and they don't respect the boundary or they try and see how serious I am about that boundary? You know, it's like their mm-hmm. response is very telling to me usually. And if it's the former, if they're, you know, really interested in maintaining this friendship and, and this relationship or whatever it is, then they'll kind of step up and and put their energy into it. And those relationships continue. And then I've definitely had people where it goes the other way, where it's not, you know, received well, or they think I'm being selfish or, you know, like whatever their response is, is not necessarily a healthy one for me. And that's where I've had to say goodbye to people in my life and and some very close people as well as some people who are, you know, I, I don't care as much about. And do you have guilt around that? Like if, if they receive it the wrong way, I mean, how do you kind of release yourself from that? I don't have as much guilt now as I did when I first started doing this kind of thing, Um, which I'd say probably eight to 10 years ago, I started kind of realizing that I could set these kinds of boundaries and that I could step up and say, hey, this isn't working for me, actually. And I would like things to be different. And if you want to kind of work on that with me, then we can keep going together. And if not, then maybe this is a good time for us to part ways. Um, So I've gotten much better at having those conversations And I'm also much better now at knowing which people are draining my energy and aren't really worth even starting those kinds of friendships versus, or even, you know, just again, other relationships. And then there are people in my life where they have to be, you know, again, in colleague situations or or whatever, there are people who drain my energy and I didn't necessarily choose them in my life. And so I just have to kind of decide for myself, how much my, how much of myself am I going to give to this person? And sometimes it's nothing, not at all. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to answer phone calls. I'm not going to answer emails. It's just, they're not a part of my life anymore. And then for others, I have to kind of figure out how much I can give them and and kind of, that's a spectrum. You know, I, I kind of decide from there, but no, I mean, now I don't feel as much guilt because I feel like my job is to be very clear about what I'm okay with in my life and what I'm not okay with. And as long as I've communicated that, there are people in the world who are healthy enough to be around that, you know, are healthy enough to respond to that and and want that for themselves too, you know, where it's a good fit for them also. And then there are other people who aren't necessarily in a place in their life where they're willing or able to give, you know, what I'm expecting or what I want. And then we're just not a good fit, you know, and it, and on both sides, like I've kind of come to learn maintaining a friendship or a relationship in my life is not the end all be all. It's not the ultimate goal. Like the ultimate goal is to have people in my life that fill me up and make me happy. And if I have someone in my life who isn't doing that for me, I know I'm not doing that for them either. I'm not a good, you know, I I used to have a lot of kind of codependent relationships when I was younger. And I thought it was important to maintain those relationships because they needed me so much, you know, quote unquote. And I just came to learn that that wasn't a healthy thing for them either. You know, like they weren't learning how to do the things they needed to do to be whole human beings either. They were relying on me for certain things. Or a whole human organization. Like if it's a company. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, if I'm not happy, it's not a good relationship, you know, and I've come to learn that and I've come to trust that. 
and, and to depend on that and, and realize, you know, my saying, Hey, these are the things that work for me. And these are the things that don't work for me doesn't make me a bad person. You know, it actually like being honest is hard and, and in our society, you know, a lot of times there it's much more important to be nice or to be liked or to be approved of, or, you know, things like that. And I've learned that I don't get as much fulfillment from that. And it's not good for the other people in my life. You know, if I'm maintaining friendships that I'm, you know, resentful towards, or if I'm, trying to be there for people just out of a sense of obligation or whatever, they're not getting the best of me either. And it's probably, you know, it's like there are people out there who are a better fit for them, whether that's, you know, a romantic relationship or a friendship or a work colleague or a, you know, sibling or a cousin or a family member, you know, like it, it really, to me, I've kind of let go of giving really anyone a pass to be in my life who isn't able to be a really healthy and important, you know, able to give to my life in the same way that I want to give to their life. Uh, And I, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. And it, yeah, I don't feel that guilty about it anymore. That's good. That's good. I love on the working parent resource blog, you said um, drain and vampires was kind of the words you use in your headline. And I think um, like drain, it just paints such a word picture because it's not like an immediate feeling. Like we're not going to notice it right away, but it is over time. It is slow. Just think about a hole in an air mattress. You're not going to see it right away, but tomorrow when you wake up, you're going to know there's a hole in the air mattress. So yeah, yeah. I it, think- can, it can be very um, difficult to tell, you know, like it, yeah. it's just like, Oh, I'm just kind of annoyed that this person wants me to do this thing for them, you know? And it's just like, okay, now I've done the thing and we can move on. But then there's another thing and then another thing and then another thing. Or I think another way is it monopolizes our conversations. Like if Mm -hmm. you were talking about your relationship with your husband and how it affected that, but there's been a lot of times in our lives, in our marriage, where we've had a relationship that's been draining and it Mm -hmm. comes out all the time in conversations. It monopolizes our life to the point where we are like, why are we giving this person so much power? Why are we talking about them all the time? This is, this is not good for us. It's not good for them. Let's just say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your question earlier, I don't think it's required that you say goodbye. You know, it's like for me, sometimes I'll even give it kind of a period of time where I'm like, I'm just going to like step back and see how it feels. I'm just going to not be as available or I'm not going to be as open. I'm not going to be as, you know, like putting as much energy into this relationship for a while and just see what happens. And I had a lot of friendships where if I was the one giving a lot, they were good, you know, like they were there, they were happy Mm -hmm. with that. But as soon as I stopped giving of everything that I had, they weren't really there and available. And so the, you know, the friendship just kind of dissipated from there. And I kind of, there was more sadness and grief over that than guilt, you know? Yeah. Um, But I agree. Like I have an exercise that I give to people who um, subscribe to my email list. um, and, And I think it's also part of a challenge where, you just kind of go through all of the people in your life, regardless of, you know, how close they are to you and just ask yourself, like, are these people giving me energy or are they taking it away from me? And you, like you were saying, like you you can tell if someone's taking your energy, if they're draining that energy and depleting you, because you're right. Like you have all conversations, you know, like you're, you're thinking about it all the time and you're frustrated about it all the time, or you're even sad about it, or even just trying to figure out how do I respond to this? And it just takes up a lot of mental space. And as a, for me, as a working parent, I don't have that kind of space in my life anymore. And it's not what I want to do with my time. You know, it's I've now I've had enough relationships that are really great, you know, that are really healthy where we might not even talk for many months. And when we come together, it's just, it feels awesome. And I know that I'm a good, you know, influence in their lives as well. And those are the 
people that I want to focus my time and intention on at this point. You know, yeah. those are the, those are the people I want to have in my life and I don't have room really for the other types of relationships anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, um, I was talking to my grandma, her and I talk pretty frequently and we were talking about something and I said, well, I said, well, Nani, I just really don't have any drama in my life anymore. She was like, Katie, you used to be the drama queen when you were in high school. Like you have no drama. And I told her, and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't like, we, we don't, we've really, now that doesn't say, that doesn't mean we don't have conflict or mm-hmm. situations, but we just don't have drama. And I think it's the way we perceive it, the situations, but it's also the boundaries that we've set around relationships, around our household. Yeah. It's kind of nice to live in that place. Yeah. I was realizing that over the last couple of years as well. I'm like, wow, like this is really nice. Like it just, and I, I, a few years ago, many years ago before I met my husband, because again, for me, it was romantic relationships, boyfriends. Like there was just a lot of unhealthy stuff going on. And I remember when I finally got out of that, um, out of that stage of my life, what I realized was like, gosh, I would much rather spend my time and energy, like going to a park and just relaxing with a, you know, a friend (laughs) or, you know, just do something like, there are so many things in this world that we can take advantage of. And when I'm so caught up with all of that drama and all of that chaos and all of the weird feelings and I'm working through all of that, like it get, it gave me an emotional high and an emo, you know, it's like, but that high was also, followed by an emotional low and that roller coaster, I just got so tired of. So I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm willing now to get rid of the emotional highs because I'm, I don't want those emotional lows anymore. I just kind of want stability and I want, you know, people in my life that I know I can depend on and that they know they can depend on me and we're just there for each other and it's fun and it's relaxed. It's, you know, I can be myself. I don't have to put on a show. Like there are just so many different things about a toxic relationship too, you know, how it can play out. So yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's so nice to just not have that in your life anymore. It's worth that, you know, kind of that tension of letting go of some of those relationships. And I'm not sure if you get asked this question a lot, like, how do you do it all? Like you have the podcast, you have the blog, you work, you're a lawyer, you're a mom, you're all these things. How do you do it all? And I think that a big portion of it for me is, is that like, I don't, we don't, there's not conversations I have to have every day about drama or you know, dealing with my parents. Cause I mean, they're great. Mimi and Papa, you know, we're not having conversations all the time and, and like time sucking things to situate our life. It's balanced. It's balanced ish. I don't want to say I'm like, we've got it figured out, but, um, you know, like I've lost my train of thought, but <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff, yeah. like it takes it, it takes energy from you and it takes mental space. Like that's yeah. the thing that people I don't think realize. That's why it's like kind of one of the few exercises I really start people off with is, Go through the people in your life. Like you might be spending hours a week just dealing with this drama, you know, dealing with this kind of difficult relationship. And it might be not just one, but five or 10 or 20. It could be so many things. And it really does take up a lot of time. And, and I think the article that you were talking about, it's like, it's not even just people, it, you know, there are, there used to be a lot of commitments that I would make that I didn't necessarily need to make either. And it was the same kind of thing where I felt really resentful that I was having to follow through on an obligation. And I might, you know, kind of like really worry for three days, like, should I cancel on this? Should I not cancel? It's really not like what I should be doing with my time, but I said I would do it. And just like, there's so many things in our lives where I think we feel like we do things out of obligation or out of expectation and not because it's really coming from the heart, you know, not because it's something that really fills us up or we know we're doing it from a place of strength or it's going to further something in our own lives or it's, you know, good for our family or whatever. It's just because we think society is expecting us to do it for some reason. And the more of those you can eliminate all around, 
the better off you're going to be, the more you're like you were saying, the more balance you're going to have, the more fulfilled you're going to feel. That's just something that I've, I've just become so kind of staunch about that. Like, and, and people might think I'm a jerk for it. And I've had to become okay with that, you know, to say, I'm sorry, don't commit to things that I don't really want to do at this stage. Um, I did when I was 22, there was a lot of stuff that I committed to that I didn't want to. And now I just, I don't have that space in my life anymore. And I, you know, and having kids really helped me with that because they just kind of brought into full focus. Like, no, these, this is my priority. This is what I value. This is what I want to spend my time on. And I like, there is very little out there, you know, all of that kind of BS stuff that we deal with a lot in our lives. So much of that, I've just decided I'm just not going to tolerate that anymore. I'm not going to deal with it. Well, everybody who's listening, uh, Sarah has a deliberate life challenge, and I would imagine this is a part of that. Yep. So definitely we'll put the link in the show notes, but definitely get into that and sign up because, gosh, if you've had any, I mean, just the mom guilt, the relationships, all the things we have to manage as moms and business owners, this is going to be a huge resource, I know, for you guys. So as we head into the last four questions, why don't you go ahead and tell us, since we're kind of on that train of thought with the whole freebie and stuff, tell everybody where they can connect with you. I'm at workingparentresource.com. And like you said, there's uh, the Deliberate Life Challenge and that's at deliberatelifechallenge.com. And what that is, is every month we're focusing on a different theme. And April of 2018 is all about relationships. Um, and we've, we've been focusing on all sorts of different things. We're doing it all throughout the year. Um, so there, depending on what your area of interest is or where you're kind of struggling, there's going to be something, you know, we'll talk about it at some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely invite people to check that out. Um, and I have free resources. We have the podcast. We have all sorts of other things available at workingparentresource.com. Perfect. Well, let's head on into those last four questions. So the first one is, what is mom, one is blah, 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 blah. What (laughs) is one mom and business owner hack to help others manage motherhood and business well? Um, one of the things that I love is having, um, a Calendly schedule. And I know there's acuity scheduling. Like this is just like a technology thing. It's super like basic tactical, but having my schedule where I'm like, Hey, these are the boundaries. Here's when I'm available to talk on the phone or to set appointments or commitments. Like these are, this is the space that I have available. Having that link that I can just send to people (laughs) has been such a game changer for me because I don't go back and forth with people for days trying to find a time that works for us. And also it really helps me stay solid on my boundaries in terms of, Hey, this is the time that I have available. If it's not, you know, if you can't find a time on this day or that day, then we, you know, it will push it out and that's okay. I don't, you know, kind of violate my own boundaries and my own time and energy that way. Um, so that's been kind of a really big hack for me is just kind of finding it's a $10 a month uh, program and it has changed kind of my world in terms of scheduling. Yeah. And I love it because it's, it's, you can automate it with pretty much everything else we're doing. Like mm-hmm. zoom automates with acuity. So the moment Sarah scheduled her interview it immediately created the zoom link and put it into the email and all that stuff. So we don't have to touch that, which is great. And yeah. I love that you can separate, I don't know if Calendly can do this, but you can separate different calendars. So you can have a podcast yes. calendar or client call calendar something yeah, like that. I have probably like eight or 10 different things. And like for personal stuff, like it just, I've kind of broken up my week into like, here's when I'm doing these things. And here's when I'm doing that. And That's yeah, awesome. it automates so many things and you can absolutely configure it with all different other tools as well. So yeah, that's kind of just one that popped into my head that I've really, really found to be very helpful. Yes. Love that. Well, if you could do it all over again, what would you tell yourself or what would you start with? Um, 
I think becoming very clear about what business I want to build. Um, I, I'm a, kind of an information junkie. And so I've tried everything at this point. And, I've, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but kind of getting very clear on the strategy for why I'm doing certain things. And uh, something that I learned, you know, recently that I wish I learned kind of early on is just in time learning versus mm-hmm. just in case learning. So if I'm working on a project, I'm trying to accomplish something right now, that's the stuff I should be learning. I don't need to listen to podcasts or to take in articles or read books on everything under the sun. I can really mm-hmm. focus on one specific project that I'm working on now and go, you know, if I want information, I, you know, I, I love learning. So I can go and learn about that, but then take that information and apply it right away versus, hey, I think I need to know everything and to do everything right now. That can get so overwhelming. So kind of going off-roading here, since these are supposed to be like quick questions, I'm going to break my own rules. Um, <laughs> but what is, what is your strategy today? Like what is, how is, and how has that changed from what you were doing in the beginning? Um, I've gotten much simpler. So before I, you know, I would listen to what everybody else out there was doing and, oh, I've got to try that. Okay. I need to do a webinar. Oh, okay. I'm going to do a challenge. Okay. I'm going to like build this website. I'm going to go over here and do referral networking. And I'm going to like, I just had probably 20 different um, things that I was doing as well as I'm going to be on Twitter and I'm going to be on Facebook and I'm going to be on all of the social media channels. I'm going to do Pinterest. Like I had all the strategies going all at once and it was really depleting my time and my energy and my focus. And I wasn't having fun with a lot of it. You know, I didn't really like a lot of it. I was just kind of doing it because I saw so many other people doing it. So now what I'm doing, it's very simple. Like I'm, I'm focused because of what I offer. Um, it's such a personal experience and I really want to customize what the work I'm doing. So I'm really drilled down to, I offer one-on-one consulting and it's also very personal. So I do referral networking. Like I build relationships and that's what I'm focused on. I'm not out trying to do a ton of social media stuff. I'm doing more in-person meetups. I'm doing workshops. I'm teaching and I'm now starting to get more into corporate wellness. Um, so taking what I'm doing to, you know, corporations to help their employees as well. Um, so I'm really focused just on like kind of building up that network and building up those relationships and taking, not taking advantage, but really instead of having, you know, 20,000 people on my email list that I don't really know having, you know, a smaller number that I really know well and who are engaged and who I, you know, I know what issues they're dealing with and I can respond directly to them. So I'm just kind of getting more personal and, um, and being close with people instead of kind of trying to go so big and broad. Yeah. I love it. Well, what is your favorite app system or software? that you would recommend right now. And it can't be Calendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my, my one bonus one. Um, I also love Dubsado. Um, that's another thing where you can automate so many different things and it's all in one place. So for me, like kind of streamlining systems, streamlining processes, that's that's super helpful. And it has a CRM managed, you know, like so you can manage all your content contacts and all your emails, all of that stuff is right in there. Um, oh, so cool. that's, that's what I've been just loving lately. Yeah. And is it just for like the service providers or do you think the coaching niche? I mean, obviously you're a coach, so you can do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. pretty much everybody, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, I, I'm don't, I think it actually is good even for product-based businesses, but yeah, absolutely. It's actually built for um, coaches and for service providers. Okay. So it, it has everything about like invoicing and payments in there. You can have a portal for your clients. They can jump on and sign all their agreements. You can have canned emails. You can have uh, you know, your to-do list, you can have so many different things all in one place. So it's, I find it to be really, it's just simplified so many different things for my business. Yeah. Did you get rid of your email provider? 
to use that? No, I have that for my subscribers. So the emails that I have in my, in Dubsado are, you know, girls or clients or podcast guests and hosts that I work with, you know, affiliates, those kinds of things. Um, So just kind of the more personal contacts. Love it. All right. Last question for you. What is the best book you've read? And then what are you looking forward to reading soon? Best book I've read. Oh, I have no idea. I've read hundreds of books a year. (laughs) Um, Information junkie people. Yeah, totally. Right here. (laughs) Um, One of the books that was really important, at least in my life as it is now, was a book called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Is that the one with the big little like rat ball on the the cover? Yes. Yeah. It's like kind of taking chaos and like simplifying it. Um, And that was, I mean, when I was still working in litigation, I had just become a new mom. That was one of the books I found kind of in my research trying to figure out how to manage it all. And it really helped me understand, like, I don't need to do everything that's coming at me. I don't need to focus on everything that's coming at me. Instead, what's really important is to just be very discerning about what I focus on and kind of letting go of the things that are not essential and focusing on the things that are essential in my life, which then kind of led me to asking myself, well, what is essential? Like what is important to me? And then I now live my life from that place. So um, I I don't know if it's the best book I've ever read, but it was definitely one of the most influential in terms of the way I'm living my life now and, you know, creating a life for myself that I really enjoy and love. Yeah. Love it. Well, what are you reading next? Um, I almost always have like 20 books in the queue. <laughs> um, I'm actually, uh, I just recently decided to go back and get licensed as a marriage and family therapist. So now I'm reading books. You're reading on, textbooks. Kind of, no, no, no I, not I, quite. I have my degree. So it's really just getting registered and starting a practice. So it's okay. more kind of building a therapy practice versus a coaching practice and kind of how that's different. Uh, you know, cause I've been doing that now for about 15 years. Um, all the coaching stuff. So kind of blending back into just kind of traditional therapy and how that would look and what I want it to, you know, kind of how I would blend the two areas. And, and that kind of, that's where I'm at right now is how would I build that practice? What would it look like? Um, And kind of just envisioning that. We've got so many exciting things going on and it's been great talking with you. You too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great being here. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you loved this show, help me spread the word to all your other mama friends by taking a screenshot of the show today and posting it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at Katie Fleming and let me know what you loved. I'd love to feature you on my stories as well when you do that. So if you have not joined our community, go to 1kmomtribe.com. This is a free Facebook community of the women who are getting it done in their business and in their family. See you inside.